Hello again and welcome to your weekly member-only content, a special benefit for our USCCA members. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine. Today's topic is making the 911 call. And if you haven't seen the first episode of this, we're going through step-by-step -step what you should do during a defensive gun use, during and after a defensive gun use or a self-defense incident. I'm here with noted criminal defense attorney Tom Grieve, and we're breaking this down into five-minute segments. So, Tom, we're going to give you five minutes to tell us absolutely everything we need to know about making a proper 911 call. Um, what are the elements of a good 911 call, and what should you say or not say? You got five minutes, you're on the clock. So you just had to use deadly force to defend yourself. And there's no apparent threat in front of you. That's where I'm picking this up. Let's not make that assumption that just because there's no apparent threat against you, that that means everything's safe. Absolutely, bad guys run in packs. Bad guys definitely run in packs. You know, I as a criminal defense attorney and former state prosecutor know that, you as a sheriff's deputy, we both know this all too well. So. Number one, situational awareness, right? Um, we wanna make sure that we're gonna be safe. There's no bad guy around the corner. There's, there's nothing like that. This is not the point where I'm running out in the lawn, where I'm, I'm basically taking a bunch of blind corners. I'm, I'm staying ready. I'm trying mm -hmm. to make sure that nothing, no one's gonna get me from behind. None of that kind of stuff can happen. Yeah, okay. when you're on the phone, you're probably in condition white. You're not paying attention to what's going on around you. At a minimum, you're going to have divided attention, which yep. is going to slow down your ability to process new information that you're seeing in front of you, your ability to recognize what that information means. Oh, there's a guy with a knife. That's bad. He's coming towards me. And, of course, that all basically delays and expands your reactionary gap against mm -hmm. bad guys, against potential attackers and new threats. So number one is always going to be situational awareness because if something bad happens to you, then the game's over at that point. Yeah. So the next thing that we need to do, and this is of course now nested really part and parcel with that situational awareness, is win the race to 911. Mm -hmm. All too many times, bad guys, look, if somebody's breaking into your home to do something bad to you, right, at 2 a.m., whatever it may be, the odds are very, very good, as you and I both know, that this is not that person's first time to this rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> They've probably been arrested. They probably have a rap sheet. And they, they know how to work the system. And certainly that is consistent with my experiences with, within the criminal justice system as well. The bad guys will know that they can do a lot to manipulate the flow of information and data to the responding officers. And therefore, if they, if they don't feel that they can get away then they can try to control and influence the direction of the investigation and that the case may go in. In other words, they're going to try to turn themselves into the victim and you into the bad guy. Yeah, the caller becomes the complainant and uh, the other person becomes the subject or the person of interest. And people don't think that that can happen. Mm -hmm. Folks, this has happened to real-life clients of mine. So this is very, very real, is winning that race to 911. So... We're assuming that you're now in a situationally safe area. We're assuming that you're now on the phone with the 911 dispatcher. What do you do? How do you handle that? Well, you're going to want to identify very clearly about the fact that, look, I had to use a firearm in self-defense. And I realize that some people don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. They are going to know. All yeah. right. They are going to know. So I don't view that as giving up the ghost or as a bad thing or anything like that. Um, that there's been a lethal force encounter. I was forced to use my firearm in self-defense. I was attacked. Three guys came at me with knives, whatever, just something brief, okay? Mm -hmm. We're not looking for tons of detail, but we're trying to basically give the quick sketch of what happened here. Is there anything specifically you should not say? I would not be going into lots of details about exactly the nuances of what you saw and how you saw it. 
for for reasons that we don't have time for to discuss today. But yep. uh, the gist to it is that when you are in a high stress adrenaline pumped situation, you are not processing your sensory, your what you see, what you hear. All those sorts of things can get distorted and channeled and tunneled and excluded. And all those buzzwords that if you're in this area of the law and if you're into self-defense um, that we know happen. So this is not the time for you to be marrying yourself to everything that you saw to every last detail because it it may not be right and you need time to, to really think about it, okay? Yep. If the bad guys escaped, you wanna give the best description that you can. There were three of them, they got mm -hmm. into the white truck, they drove that way. Um, give the best description of their vehicle, of what they looked like, of the weapons that they had. You don't wanna be disturbing anything at the scene. Um, the police are going to be processing all that for information. So this is not the time to be moving this particular knife to that particular spot or something like that. Yep. Okay. Um, if at all possible, that's not what you want to be doing. And people have to understand they'll probably be on a cell phone. You will have to tell the dispatcher where you are. You should know where you are at all times. Absolutely. Giving the best possible description about where you are and the best possible description of yourself so that mm -hmm. the responding officers at the scene will, look, they're going to treat everybody as a threat because mm -hmm. they want to be able to go home at night as well. Yep. But we want to make sure at least to give them the best possible description to identify that you're the good guy here, you're the victim here. Mm -hmm. And people need to understand that uh, that dispatcher on the other end of the line doesn't know anything about what's happening. You are the sole, or hopefully the sole, source of information. So people are coming to your scene, and you've seen everything that happened, and nobody else has seen that. So it's very important to be clear with what you're talking about. Otherwise, sit tight for your lawyer in the big picture. Yeah, absolutely. Look at that. Right on time. We're down to with, yeah, I just saw one and zero, and there we go. Um, it's a very important topic. I want to make sure that we didn't cut it too short. Is there anything that you think we missed in that five minutes that people need to know to do or not to do when they're on the phone with that dispatcher making that 911 call? Obviously, we want them to be the first one making the call, but when they're on that phone, what should they, is there anything specific to do or not to do? You are talking on that recorded line to the dispatcher. You're talking to the judge, the jury, the prosecutor, the cops, the media, your family, your children, your employer, your friends, anyone and everyone in your life, anyone and everyone that you come in contact to will invariably be listening to that video or, or to, that, to that phone call. Mm -hmm. um, you are going to be judged for better or worse for, for whether or not it's fair or unfair. You're going to be judged and held accountable for everything that you say. Um, my suggestion is try to keep it to a minimum mm -hmm. because understandably everything is going to be going so fast and you're not going to be functioning properly. Uh, this is not the time for you to put everything out there. That time will come, but it's not right now. Outstanding. Well, thank you very much, Tom. Very important information you've provided us about making a 911 call, what to do and what not to do. Again, folks, this is not legal advice. This is getting you started on understanding what you need to do if you're involved in a deadly force incident. You need to understand your local laws, the laws that govern the actions you're taking in your jurisdiction. Like we say, check your local listings. But I want to thank Tom Grieve for being here and helping us out with this. This has been your USCCA member-only content. It's a special benefit we provide to USCCA members. Thank you very much for being here. I'm Kevin Michalowski, editor of Concealed Carry Magazine.